Hey Zone 9 Gardener, would you like to transform your garden into one that is easy to grow, overproducing and beautiful? One that sees fewer pests, less disease and no weeds? One that you pick from 52 weeks a year? Well, you're in the right place because that is a wild child garden. At Wild Child Kitchen Gardens, we grow gardeners. And today, I'm gonna show you how to turn your garden into a wild child garden, right here on the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. Now, if you're ready, let's dig in. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Johnson, founder of Wild Child Kitchen Gardens, and I am so excited to be here with you today. This is episode 50, and we are digging into the top three mistakes that gardeners make at the beginning of a season. Now, I don't know about you, but it's feeling like spring outside and I am itching to plant my tomatoes. Maybe you feel the same exact way. These three mistakes are so important and also so very common. I see gardeners make these mistakes over and over and over again, and I don't want to see you do it this season. So I'm going to dig in with you. I hope I step on your toes. I hope I make you a little bit mad at me. But I also hope that it sinks in. I hope that you heed the warning. I have made these mistakes myself. The gardeners that I coach in my programs have made these mistakes. We all do it. But this doesn't have to be the season that we keep repeating them over and over and over again, right? Let's start this season off right and not make these mistakes. It's going to change everything when you just see it a little bit differently, okay? Before we get started, I want to invite you to the Spring Vegetable Gardening Summit. This is a free four-day online event to help gardeners in hot climates successfully grow their own food, even with limited time and space. Listen, I'm super excited to be a speaker inside of this summit. It's going to be from February 26th through the 29th. It is a virtual summit, but every day is going to be packed with amazing speakers, and I'm just so proud to be one of them. There's also a pop-up Facebook group where you can connect with other attendees, ask the speakers questions, win prizes, so much more. This summit is absolutely free to attend, but you can choose to grab the all-access pass for ongoing access to the presentations, bonus resources, and an upgraded event experience. Now, the all-access pass is currently available right now, but it's going to disappear once the summit is over. So begin thinking about that now. For sure, grab your ticket and join me and 15 other gardening experts for a -a one-of-a-kind event that's going to help you grow your best garden yet. I am speaking on transitioning from a spring to a summer garden and how wild child gardeners like to grow in the summer. It is going to be a fantastic 30 minutes of your time, but there's so much more going on in this summit too. I would love to see you there. You can get your ticket completely free at the link in the show notes. Now let's talk about these top three mistakes. I do not want to see you make a single one of them and they are all preventable. Okay, these are all mistakes that we're only making because we don't know better. This is as simple as mispronouncing a word, right? For years and years, I called musky dines musky dimes with an M because that's what my grandmother always called them. To this day, my husband and I still call them musky dimes when we're talking to each other because it just reminds me of my mama. But it's actually pronounced musky dines, you know, kind of like valentines and valentines. I know that you've heard people say that. 
This is the same thing. If somebody would just tell you, hey, it's actually musky dines with an N, you would probably never say it the wrong way again, right? At least you would think about it every single time you said the word. This is the same thing. These are such simple ways to grow a better garden, but they are so overlooked. This is something nobody talks about. This is something that we don't even think about. We just by habit do certain things because it's what we've always done. And I'm here to tell you in the garden, if you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always gotten. And a lot of times that's not what you want. A lot of times you are rolling out the red carpet for pests simply because you're doing something unknowingly. You are asking for disease simply because you don't know better. You have a garden full of weeds because you don't know better. Let's change that. Want to? Here's mistake number one that I see gardeners making every single season. Not focusing on their soil. Now, I know that you already know I was going to say that. Sorry, I may sound like a broken record, but this is so important. Right now, at the nurseries, we are a week after Valentine's, which is February 20th, the day I'm recording this. What's going to happen is the nurseries are going to put out their tomatoes and people are going to go buy them. And then they're going to want to plant them. Do you know why? Because the sun is shining and it's 70 degrees outside. It feels amazing. It is beautiful. And we all know what's coming, right? The blazing heat of the southern summer. We want to make sure that we don't put the cart before the horse here. And so often we do. When you rush out to the nursery and you just buy plants that you bring home and plant, you are committing the cardinal sin of wild child gardening. We have to focus on our soil above everything else. And the reason that we have to do this is because I want you to understand the importance of what you can't see. What you can't see is so much more important than what you can see. Because what you can't see is actually dictating what you can. Your plants are really just a thermometer. They're just there to show you what's going on underground. And if you've got pests and you've got disease and you've got weeds, chances are you don't have as much of a harvest as you could have. And chances are your underground world is not nearly as happy as it needs to be to have a thriving garden. Now, what do I mean when I say thriving garden? A thriving garden is one that grows itself. Hear me when I tell you the wild child garden grows herself. We simply get in the way. And we do this by not focusing on our soil. We do this by rushing out to the nursery, being the first person to get their tomatoes. You know, there's no prize to be the first person that grows their tomatoes, that plants their tomatoes first. There's no prize for that. Now, you don't want to procrastinate your garden, especially in the South, because the later we get in the season, the more the pests are going to come. And believe you me, at the proper time, the first opportunity I get, I'm planting. And already inside of the Wild Child Garden Club, it's all a buzz. We are talking about when are we planting? When are we planting? Every day, somebody's asking me, what is our planting date? When are we planting? When are we planting? And you know what I tell them? After we get our soil right. 
after we know that our garden is ready for us. So right now we're focusing on our soil. We're focusing on getting our garden ready to be planted. Now you may want to know how in the world you do that. Well, one way that I'm going to tell you about today is very simple and very effective. You are not going to yank up your plants by the roots. Now I know this sounds crazy. I know that you've got tons of roots. I understand. I know. I know. It's okay. I have lots of roots too. But you're going to leave them in the soil. If you want to get a head start on soil building for the season, you're going to cut your plants off at the soil level. You are going to leave their roots underground because if you take out the roots, you take out all the good bacteria and fungi that are living inside of your soil. You are essentially taking your soil that's being built all season long throughout the winter as you've been growing and you're turning it into dead dirt because you were removing the roots and then you're starting all over again. Isn't that one of those mistakes that you just want to cry about? <laughs> I truly do. Like when I think about the fact that I used to pull out my plants by the roots instead of cutting them off at the soil line, I literally just want to cry because I know how important it is now. I didn't know before, right? These are mistakes that we're making because we don't know what we don't know. Today, that changes. So before you rush out to the nursery, before you decide that you are going to plant your garden this weekend, you're going to focus on your soil. And one of the ways that you're going to do that is by cutting off your plants at the soil level. It will give a huge boost of nutrients to your garden simply because you are leaving food for those microbes. And then whenever all of the roots are decomposed and there's nothing else for them to eat, guess what's going to be there for them? Your summer vegetables, all of your tomatoes and squash and eggplant and peppers, all of those roots will be establishing and they will just migrate right on over to those and continue providing nutrients for your plants. Absolutely amazing, right? There's so much soil science that just blows me away. I love that I get to share about this inside of the Kitchen Garden Academy and inside of the Wild Child Garden Club. If you are serious about growing this season, you want to transform your garden, you need to be in the Academy with us. And listen, it closes February 25th, and we want you there. Have you been frustrated or underwhelmed with your garden's performance in the past? I invite you to join me inside the Kitchen Garden Academy and let this be the year you become a gardener. Inside the Kitchen Garden Academy, I will help you design, plant, and grow an overproducing and beautiful vegetable garden in any space, step by step by step. Get all the details at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash academy, and I'll be growing with you inside. Mistake number two that I see gardeners make at the beginning of every single season is not creating a garden plan. You've got to create a plan or else you are leaving so much on the table. You are literally shortchanging yourself of harvest for no good reason. Let me tell you why. A garden without a plan is a garden that's going to fail because you are either leaving way too much space 
in between your plants, which invites in weeds, which decreases your harvest, which leaves you frustrated, or you overcrowd your garden, which invites in disease, leaves you frustrated. Do you see where I'm going with this? The plan is so important and a garden is only as productive as its plan. So let me explain to you how we get this garden plan inside of the Kitchen Garden Academy and the Wild Child Garden Club. This is how I teach the gardeners that I am privileged to grow along with how we do this. This is how we do this, okay? First, you've got to decide what it is you want to grow. You cannot decide this when you get to the nursery. You cannot wait until you walk into the nursery to decide what it is that's going to go in your garden. You know why? Because plants are sold in four packs. And you're going to say to yourself, well, I mean, I probably have room for that. Right? That's what you're going to think. And you're going to want to plant them when you get them home. That's how you get the overcrowded garden. Or you're going to just freeze and be paralyzed. And you're going to get 17 varieties of tomatoes and you're going to turn around and you're going to come home because you don't know because it's a lot. It's a lot of varieties. It's a lot of tables. It's a lot of different things. You don't know the difference between indeterminate and determinate. You don't know what this initial means next to that cucumber and what this does. So we just going to get some tomatoes that we know we're going to grab those better boys and we're going to turn around and we're going to come home. Either way, whether you overcrowd your garden by overbuying, or you don't buy enough and leave harvest on the table, either way, you are shortchanging yourself of a garden that you love. The reason is, is because when you are not growing a garden that maximizes space, increases harvest, decreases pests, decreases disease, eliminates weeds, when you're not growing like that, there are So many other things that you have to deal with, right? You're growing a garden that now you're having to fight pests in. You're growing a garden that you don't really love. You're growing vegetables that you don't really love. So when you start seeing all of your friends with their cucumbers, you start getting aggravated. Now, listen, maybe you have done really good with your varieties and you really grow what you want to grow. I still want you to get a plan. And the reason is because you're still leaving harvest on the table. I can tell you that you are. If you are not gardening with me inside of the academy or inside of the garden club, you are leaving harvest on the table. I promise you that you are. Because inside of a wild child companion plan, we start with our must grow veggies. And once we get those properly spaced into our beds, which by the way, did you know that plant labels the spacing requirements on a plant label are actually for agricultural farming practices. They don't even apply to backyard gardeners. Oh my goodness. Like when is somebody going to say that, right? <laughs> Who's going to tell us about that? What, what are y'all holding out on over here? When I learned that like five years ago, I was blown away. I can tell you, if you don't have a wild child companion plan, you're leaving harvest on the table. You are not maximizing your space. You are not harvesting as much as you could be. That's because when we start with our musgrow veggies, we call those our bully vegetables. They are like our star of our show. They're our main vegetables in our beds, but we don't stop there. Then we fill in the spaces and that is where the magic happens. We fill in all of the spaces, keeping our spacing requirements, what they need to be in order for our vegetables to thrive 
But we fill in these spaces. We fill them in with herbs first, leafy greens, things that we want to grow. They didn't make our must-grow veggie list, but they are still available for us. Things like bush beans, things that we can fill in with, and then we finish off with flowers. Flowers are like the cherry on top of the wild child garden. And I can tell you, it's very easy to end up with a flower garden instead of a vegetable garden. And you've probably seen a lot of this online. This is kind of the trend right now to call your garden a vegetable garden, but really just have one tomato plant and everything else be flowers. Unless that is your garden goal, you are leaving harvest on the table because you don't have to plant that many flowers in order to get a big return from them. Flowers are the cherry on top. They are gorgeous. They're beautiful. We love them. But most of them that we will plant can get a little out of hand. So we don't plant a ton of them in our vegetable gardens, but we do like to fill in with them at the last minute. We'll come in and put our flowers. And I'm telling you right now, it changes everything. There's something about going out to your vegetable garden and not only picking vegetables, but also picking herbs and also picking flowers. It changes everything. It is so magical. But you can't do this in real time. You can't do this pushing around the cart at the nursery. It's too overwhelming. It's like Piccadilly. I talk about this all the time. I've probably told you already, but Piccadilly is one of my favorite restaurants, but I will never venture out. I get the same thing every single time because I'm terrified. The line moves too fast. I can't figure out who I'm supposed to be talking to. It's overwhelming. So I just do what I've always done. I get what I've always gotten. Hamburger steak, macaroni and cheese, and collard greens. I get it every single time because I'm too scared to venture out. Don't do that in your garden. Piccadilly's one thing, but in your garden, no. Make this a space that you love. Do the prep work before you ever go to the nursery, and then you don't have to worry about figuring these things out in real time. You've already got it figured out. It's what I love about the Academy and the Garden Club. We have a planning session on Sunday, February 25th at 4 o'clock. It is an exclusive private session. We do it live on Zoom. Everybody comes together, all students in the Academy, all members of the Garden Club, and we plan our gardens. I design garden beds, and everybody gets to take pictures and sort of use them for inspiration or just plant that exact bed. I've been at this a long time. This is my eighth season coaching gardeners inside the Wild Child Garden Club. And I've pretty much gotten it figured out what everybody wants. You know, we all want the same thing. How much can we get in these beds and still have an overproducing garden that's easy to grow and beautiful. What can we do? How can we change it up? What do we love, right? I've pretty much gotten it down to a, a, a fine art. And I spend lots of time designing beds and, and coming up with what I think the gardeners that I coach are going to love the most. And then we all come together and and I share them. And it's so much fun. And then other people will chime in that they are going to add this to that bed, or maybe they'll add this. And when we leave there, our gardens are planned. This is what I'm talking about, about growing in the wild child community. Un- 
real, like nothing else you will ever experience. A wild child garden is an experience. I'm telling you. If you're not in my programs, you can still do this. You just need to sketch out your beds. You need to start with your musgrove vegetables. Then you're going to come in with your herbs. Then you're going to come in with your flowers. That's how you do it. And it may not be exactly what you want this year. It may not be perfect. Garden's never going to be perfect, right? We don't expect that of our gardens. We don't expect that of ourselves. We're all learning and growing every season as we grow, right? As we become gardeners, we learn more and we learn more and we learn more. But you can experiment with this. You can start somewhere. If all you do is add basil and marigolds to your tomato bed, that's probably the most simple companion plan I could share with you today. If that's all you do, you will be harvesting basil and marigolds in the same exact space that you would have just been harvesting tomatoes. You see how that works? If you just add bush beans to your beds, you will be harvesting bush beans in a space that nothing else was designated to. We call our bush beans space fillers. Any space we see, we plop a bean seed. Half of them work. Half of them get smothered out. We get tons of beans. It's very amazing. That's the wild child way. We experiment. We don't take it too hard. We don't focus too much on perfection. Instead, we focus on beauty, ease, and overproduction. And let me tell you, season after season, we get it. So don't go to the nursery without taking some time to do this first. And listen, if you want some help with this, join the academy. I shout this from the rooftops all season long. This is where you want to be. I can tell you. I will help you step by step by step. It's the whole entire process from a dream of a garden to a harvest on your table. It's where you want to be. If you want to transform your garden, the Academy is it. And it closes February 25th. So jump in with us and become part of our planning session. I can tell you, you will absolutely be blown away at all that you can grow in the same exact space that you're already growing in. Take the time, plan your garden. Do not go to the nursery empty-handed with just a dream in your heart because I'm telling you, overproducing gardens don't just happen, but overcrowded gardens do. And finally, the third mistake that I see gardeners make season after season after season is procrastinating their planting. This is one of those things that if you don't know, again, I keep saying, if you don't know, you don't know. But if you wait, uh, this is what I think about. My dad harasses me every single season. He cannot believe I plant as early as I do. He tells me every year that I'm crazy, that you can't plant a garden this time of year because why? The pecan trees have not budded yet. So he'll say, you can't plant that garden till the pecan trees bud. Well, Yes, I can. And watch me. Watch me grow, babe. Watch me grow. Because this is the thing. If you procrastinate, this is what's going to happen. If you're in a South Garden, if you're in South Louisiana, chances are we're going to get a nice little frost, nice little freeze somewhere around Easter, right? Always happens. I mean, how many times do we wear 
sweaters on Easter. So many, so many. So what happens is we're waiting for that, right? And we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. We are constantly just going to let that pass until we plant. Well, guess what weekend Easter is this year? It's actually on my birthday. It's Easter is March 31st this year. The literal last day of Easter. Let me tell you why this just isn't going to work. If you plant after Easter, which is sort of that you know, golden rule of the old timers. If you plant after Easter when the pecan trees are budding, what's going to happen is you're going to get your tomatoes in the ground in April. Now, best case scenario, you get a 60-day tomato like an early girl. That's 60 days from the time you plant until you're picking your first tomato. Not 60 days until you're done picking tomatoes. 60 days until you get your first tomato. Okay, so let's do the math on that. 60 days from April 1st is, drum roll please, June 1st. So you're looking at June 1st as your first picking of an early girl tomato. Okay, any other variety is going to take about 75 or 80 days. So add a whole nother almost month onto that. All right, so sometime in June, you'll get your first tomato if you plant in April. Okay, well guess what comes in July? the stink bugs, the drought, your summer vacation. You don't want to be picking your first good batch of tomatoes in the midst of all of that, right? If you don't wait, you're going to be picking tomatoes in May because you're going to be planting in March. See? In the Garden Club, we say it like this, plant early and plan to cover. That is my method. Are we going to get a frost or freeze in March? Probably. We do every year. But what I've learned is when you plant early and plan to cover, you still get so much more harvest out of your garden than if you were to wait. Is covering a little bit of an inconvenience? Yes. But listen, it's worth it. And you don't mind it as much in the winter. It's kind of, uh, because it's so cold outside and it's just miserable. In spring, you don't mind it that much because you want to protect those babies. So you are doing everything you can to protect them. And I have had great luck with that. The gardeners I coach have had great luck with that. We can, we can protect them. We can cover them. And I will tell you, they do amazing when you have fruit on the vine in end of April, early May, you get so many more tomatoes in June than if you were to have no fruit on the vine until it starts getting really hot. And let's not forget, after about 85, 90 degrees, your tomatoes are going to stop setting fruit. So you cut your season short as well. That is just a no-no. Procrastinating your planting is a huge mistake and I don't want to see you make it. Instead, I would love to see you plant early and plan to cover. These are three mistakes that I see gardeners make all the time and I know why you make them. You make them because you don't know any better, because you're doing what you've always done, because you're doing what everyone else does. A wild child gardener breaks the rules and in breaking the rules, we get so much more harvest. I've been doing this for four years now. I've coached hundreds of gardeners in nine states. This is the better way. 
Leave your roots in the ground. Cut your plants off at the soil level. Make sure you go to the nursery with your list. Do not wait to decide what you're going to plant when you get there. And don't procrastinate your planting. And if I could add a fourth bonus mistake that I see so many gardeners making, it is that they don't have a mentor. They don't have someone to help them along the way. Someone to say, hey, looks like we're going to have a frost tonight. Looks like we're going to have a freeze next week. Let's start preparing. Hey, we're planting on this day. Just like in the garden club, everyone is buzzing and talking about when we're planting. I will announce that planting day. And sometime during that week, we will all get our gardens planted together. We are all in it together. And what you will find when you do that is you always all have the same questions. We always all have the same concerns. We always all need the same encouragement. We're all there for each other. And it is absolutely amazing. Not having a mentor is a huge mistake. Doing this on your own is a huge mistake. Do you want to know why? Because you don't get this chance again for a whole nother year. And every year that passes that you're not growing a garden that you want to grow, a garden that you love, you are liking gardening less and less and less. And that is so unfortunate because what you could actually be doing is growing a garden that is magic, a garden that grows itself, a garden that thrives year round. That's the possibility. But because you don't have a mentor, because you don't have a coach, or someone that's gone before you, it doesn't have to be me, a neighbor, a friend, someone that you trust and you see the fruits of their labor. By just asking questions, by just following their lead, by just listening to their instruction, you will grow so, so much more because guess what? Us mentors, we've made all of these mistakes before, over and over. I was a failed gardener for 10 years. Until I learned how to actually grow a garden. And now that's what I teach you to do. Again, y'all, the Kitchen Garden Academy is going to shut its doors for spring on February 25th. I'd love to see you inside. I hope that you don't make any of these mistakes this season. And I cannot wait to see you right back here next week. Don't forget, join me in that Spring Vegetable Gardening Summit It's going to be lots of great teaching over four days. So much fun. I'll see you there. Have a great week. Thank you so much for joining me here today on the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. I hope that you're leaving here today feeling confident, empowered, and inspired as a gardener. At Wild Child Kitchen Gardens, we grow gardeners. And my goal for this podcast is to leave you with actionable steps that you can take right now to turn your garden into a wild child garden that you love. To learn more about growing with me, visit www.releaseyourinnerwildchild.com and I'll see you next week.